Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In some ways here in the city of Austin, we are blessed with institutions of higher education. Austin Community College, St. Edwards University, Houston Tillotson University, Concordia University, Texas, and of course, the University of Texas at Austin, with its arch rival, Texas A&M University, just some 100 miles away. Claims of athletic greatness, if not also academic greatness, are familiar to us. We are number one, if not also what starts here changes the world. In the ancient world, the city of Athens was the preeminent place of philosophy and learning. The city of Corinth, some 50 miles away, was nothing more than an academic also ran, at best a wannabe. Not one name of an outstanding philosopher from Corinth has come down to us today. Yet Corinth's academic aspirations play an important role in understanding our epistle reading this day. In that epistle reading, we hear the divinely inspired St. Paul contrast the world's wisdom to God's wisdom. And so we learn about being wise in the way of the cross. In our day, there is much stock placed in the world's wisdom. President Obama rightly tries to gather the best and the brightest minds to make plans for the economy, healthcare, and the like. The 12% overall drop in the Dow Jones Industrial Average since the inauguration may give us one measure of how wise the president and his advisors really are. Such planning is not new to our day, of course. In Old Testament times, King Hezekiah, on the advice of his wise men, plotted to escape from the threatening Assyrians, and God's prophet Isaiah warned them that God would destroy the wisdom of the wise and thwart the discernment of the discerning. That statement from Isaiah is used by St. Paul in today's epistle reading in support of his contrast between God's wisdom and the world's wisdom. Not only did God destroy the wisdom of the wise in Hezekiah's time, but as St. Paul wrote, God has done it again more fully, this time with the crucifixion of Christ on the cross. In our reading, we hear St. Paul say that the word of the cross, God's wisdom, is folly to the world. And Paul writes later that the world's wisdom is folly with God. Now, St. Paul knew from experience of what he taught. St. Paul had preached Christ to the Greek philosophers in Athens, some of whom jeered at him. Then in Corinth, the Jews took St. Paul before the proconsul Gallio, a brother of the famous philosopher Seneca, and Gallio essentially called the whole dispute foolishness. Later, St. Paul would be taken before the governor Festus, 
who would say that Paul was out of his mind, that Paul's great learning was driving him insane. Oh, it was not Paul's great learning that made him say the things that he did before Festus, before the Jews, and before the Greeks. For no one can say that Jesus is Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. Today we heard St. Paul say, the world did not know God through wisdom. According to the flesh or by worldly standards, we cannot believe in Jesus Christ or come to him. Yet even with the Holy Spirit, those of us who are redeemed still sin in thought, word, and deed. For example, we still habitually, like the Jews, demand signs, and like the Greeks, seek wisdom. In today's Gospel reading, we hear the Jews ask for a sign of Jesus' authority to cleanse the temple, to make his Father's house a place where Jew and Gentile alike can remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, something we heard in the Old Testament reading that all should do. Jesus elsewhere calls the Jews an evil and adulterous generation that seeks for a sign. But in John's account, he has already given out one sign, and he would give out six more. The problem is not so much in the signs as the problem is in the demand for the signs and demanding the wrong kind of signs, missing the signs that God gives us, signs such as his grace and mercy. Are we not often like the Jews in demanding signs? Might we not say, if you do this, God, then I'll believe in you. Too often we are like the Jews in demanding signs or the wrong kind of signs, missing the ones that God gives us. The Bible gives us examples, too, of the Greeks seeking wisdom. I mentioned the philosophers Paul encountered in Athens. St. Luke tells us that the people there spent their time talking about and listening to the latest ideas. They tried to attain wisdom by rational explanation, reasoning chains of arguments or proofs built on various principles. Having studied for and earned a doctorate partly in philosophy, I'm sympathetic to those philosophical arguments. I think we all are to some extent. Who among us does not try to at least approach most things rationally? The problem is not so much using reason for most things, but trying to use reason over and above God's revelation, as the philosophers did in Athens. They rejected Paul's teaching about the resurrection of the dead because it contradicted their philosophical positions. The result of the Jews and us demanding the wrong kind of signs the result of the Greeks and us using wisdom in the wrong ways. And the result of all of our sins is the same. The result is that we perish. 
by nature deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment, namely death. Still, God calls us to repent. St. Paul writes a little later in the first epistle to the Corinthians, If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Especially in this Lenten season, we focus on our sins, but we must also look to the cross. So we prayed in the collect of the day that God would bring all who have gone astray with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of his word. Where is the one who is wise? Paul asks about the Greek lover of philosophy. Where is the scribe? Paul asks about the Jewish expert in the law. Where is the debater of this age? They are nowhere to be found. Some of my best friends and I in high school were debaters, but those are not the kind of debaters that Paul is talking about. Paul continues, Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? The answer he expects is yes. The world, through its wisdom, did not know God. So God was pleased to save those who believe through what the world regards as the folly of Christ crucified. On the cross, the God-man Jesus Christ was made sin for us that he might give us his righteousness. The God-man Jesus Christ was crucified for you and for me and even now he remains the crucified one. A hymn writer describes the nail and spear prints as rich wounds yet visible above in beauty glorified. What St. Paul in the reading calls the word of the cross is the content of the gospel preaching, preaching that triumphs over and is superior to all the teaching of worldly wisdom. The message is also contrary to all human expectations and to logic. It is a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called or chosen, Christ crucified is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The cross is how it pleased God in his grace and mercy, mercy to save you and to save me. When Paul was with the Corinthians, he decided to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. We might use that principle on the letters we get from church leaders to see how much they focus on Christ and on him crucified. Part of why Greeks regarded Christ crucified as folly was that in their wise society, it was impolite to discuss the criminals and disobedient slaves who were humiliated and shamed by being hung naked and brutally crucified on the crosses outside of town. Some today similarly want to avoid offense by removing Christ's body from the cross or by excising all references to sin in the liturgy of the church. 
And yet it is because we are dead in trespasses and sin that we need the Christ on the cross. And it is precisely on the cross where the wisdom of the wise is destroyed and the discernment of the discerning is thwarted. Isaiah described that destruction and thwarting as a wonderfully marvelous work. And so it is. The cross is the sign. Moreover, by the, crosses, by the cross, rather, God's great reversal is accomplished. The last are first, and the first are last. The cross is the power of God, as the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. When you and I are sorry for our sin, our sin of demanding the wrong kind of signs, or our sin of using earthly wisdom in the wrong ways, or whatever our sins might be. When you and I are sorry for our sin and believe that God forgives our sin for Jesus' sake, God indeed forgives our sin. Our faith, our terror, fear, and reverence, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Like the congregation in Corinth, many, some of us may not be among the wise according to the worldly standards. We may not be powerful or we may not be of noble birth. But God chose the foolish to shame the wise. God chose the weak to shame the strong. God chose the low and despised, the things that are not to bring to nothing the things that are. God is the source of our life in Christ Jesus, St. Paul writes. We do not choose him, but he chose us. We cannot know him on our own, but he reveals himself to us. He reveals himself to us in no other way than by his word in all its forms. Those forms are both the way that we are called and they are the signs of our being called. Like us ourselves, the forms of the gospel may not appear to be much, but in them we are made wise because in them we are united with Christ, who is the true wisdom. Like the Corinthians, we were all kinds of evil people, but as St. Paul mentions later in his letter to the Corinthians, now we are washed in holy baptism, justified and sanctified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God, working through simple water. Jesus thanked his Father that spiritual matters were hidden from the wise and learned in the world and revealed to little children as indeed they are in holy baptism, for such is God's good pleasure. In Christ, we are reconciled to God, and Christ gave that ministry of reconciliation effected in holy absolution that we can have all our sins forgiven, especially those sins that we know and feel in our hearts. In the book of Proverbs, 
we hear the personification of wisdom call out to us, come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. Likewise, in St. John's Gospel account, Jesus, wisdom incarnate, says, unless we eat his flesh and drink his blood, we have no life in us. And yet, sadly, many today use their human wisdom to deny that the God-man can be present in bread and wine with his real physical body and blood in order to give the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. This morning, our focus has been not on A&M versus UT, not on Corinth versus Athens, but on the world's wisdom versus God's wisdom. We have seen that the cross is folly to the world in its wisdom, but also that the cross is the wisdom of God to those who believe. We are wise in the way of the cross. When Christ was crucified, he became our righteousness. Right now, he is making us holy, and one day he will be our full and final redemption. Now we are treated as he was, but things are not what they seem. For Christ, the crucifixion appeared to be defeat, but was victory. Our sufferings and afflictions likewise are not defeat, but the way that God makes us like Christ. Each day, God's grace is sufficient for you and sufficient for me, as his power is made perfect in our weakness. Each day, we live with repentance and faith. The strength and wisdom that we need are given to us in Christ. The hymn we just sang prayed in this way, paraphrasing Colossians chapter 2. Wisdom's highest, noblest treasure, Jesus, is revealed in you. Let me find in you my pleasure, and my wayward will subdue. Humility there, and simplicity reigning, in paths of true wisdom my steps ever training. If I learn from Jesus this knowledge divine, the blessing of heavenly wisdom is mine. God grant it so for Jesus' sake. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.